I'm Luke Hawkins, and welcome to the Coaches Podcast. I believe one of the most important gifts you can give yourself is learning, learning what it takes to become all you can be. Your journey to creating a seven-figure business as a coach, consultant, or healer starts right here. I've helped guys out of being really suicidal. Um, I've helped guys who've been raped. I've helped I've helped people out of like the worst places, out of being completely crippled. People who've, um, you know, been to seven years, uh, seven years of seven different psychiatrists and therapists and this and that, and been drugged up with everything and nothing worked. And within like six weeks, we were able to turn things around. So this work is is so powerful. It's so healing. It's it's needed. It's needed. And if and we're the ones who know how to do it. So so who else is going to do it? You know, because I do believe that there is a new paradigm of healing that is going to uh, be affected in the world over the next couple of decades. To another level. Welcome, guys, to the Student Spotlight. My name is Callum Holt, and today we're joined by Dim Harper. So Dim has had an actually interesting journey from joining uh, the Australian military and becoming an army officer uh, through to corporate roles. And now he, um, he coaches men where he helps them to release stress, build strong mindsets, and achieve fulfilling goals. So Dim's actually um, done several of our programs well with uh, Luke Hawkins. And um, in addition to a heap of other personal development as well, all right, the stuff with Luke Hawkins is only a fraction of what he's done. And um, I wanted to bring him on board to share his journey, challenges, victories, and uh, you know, always key uh, key strategies that he's using every day. Um, and just because he's an absolute legend. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, welcome to the Student Spotlight. If you could uh, bring everyone up to speed with your journey, you know where you've um, where you've come from. Um, why you got into coaching. Uh, let's get into it and welcome. Thank you, Callum. I'm so happy to, to be chatting with you, man. I would have done it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, um, in terms of me, everyone, thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name's Dim. I run a men's coaching business here in Sydney. I help guys mostly working in corporate. Uh, and this is, these are guys who are struggling with their motivation, with their confidence, not feeling as fulfilled. And I use I help them develop stronger mindsets and find the fulfillment and, and organize their life around the things that light them up and help them achieve the meaningful goals and get out of their own way. So that's kind of the stuff that I do. And Callum, you asking about the, the journey, is that what you said? Yeah, man. I'd, I'd love to hear your journey. Look, even before the <laughs> before the military, like yeah, I, I just I'd love to go back there and you know, how'd you get here? Appreciate you, man. Well, well, the honest story uh, to everyone listening is that uh, between between ages fourteen and twenty one, I I used to get like suicidally depressed. It used to happen like every winter, and it was a really difficult time. And that's that's the honest truth. And I honestly feel like I was very uh, lucky to to get through that time. And uh, but going through stuff like that, and and I dare say a lot of people listening to this have, have also been through, you know, their share of hard times. Um, it prompts you to to look deeper and learn, or, or, or look for deeper lessons and and a, a way to understand what's going on. Uh, so for me, it, the journey started where uh, at 21, 
I went to attend a meditation camp, a silent meditation camp in the Blue Mountains called Vipassana. Uh, that helped me un understand consciousness and, and being aware of your own mind. And there's a key kind of Buddhist thing that they teach there, which is the mind is the forerunner of all things. And basically from there, I was interested in psychology. And uh, furthermore, I was given a really great book called The Way of the Superior Man. And, and in that book, you know, and I know you're smiling because you, yeah, you've obviously read it very many, probably many times. And uh, in that book, it gives a really wonderful guide on uh, how to navigate the challenges of life. Um, from there, you know, I, I was in the army between 18 and 22. Uh, and you can start to slowly see the pieces of the puzzle coming together for me because one of the biggest values that I had in the army that they were met in, when I was in the army was one was contribution and another one was uh, camaraderie. Like I really enjoyed that. And even if you look at the work I do now, I still, I'm still finding ways to, to meet those needs because they are important. To me. And I think that's a big key, by the way, in like doing well, it's knowing what you really enjoy and then making sure that whatever you do uh, contains those elements yeah. because then it's, it's not that hard to be motivated because you, you sincerely do like it. Um, the journey from there, after the army, I got into corporate. And I personally was never really fulfilled in corporate. Another thing that I did when I was 21, because I was, because I was depressed and struggling with being fulfilled, was I went to Costa Rica and I built an orphanage there. Like I heard that there's this thing that you can do called volunteer travel. And I... Um, I, yeah, I went to, to Costa Rica and I helped doing build an orphanage. And it's obviously super fulfilling. It's like super fulfilling to know that um, you are making a difference. Like there's all these kids running around while you're building up this construction site. And, um, you know, one of the things that we built was like a, a, a counseling room because a lot of these kids, even four or five years old, had been like crazy abused, you know, and they'd come from troubled households. So, um you can just imagine how fulfilling an experience like that is when you're you're with your bare hands you are really helping make a positive difference in the world and then i was going to corporate where i i because of the dissonance between that experience i had and and what i was doing in corporate i there was a big gap where i felt very unfulfilled um and so after four years in corporate i ended up I achieved a whole bunch of things which were supposed to be really good things and I still felt really unfulfilled. So um, at 23, I went to Indonesia to build a kindergarten to, to do this stuff again. And at 25, I, I was still really unfulfilled and I decided to quit corporate and I, I went to Africa and I went to build homes in Kenya um, because it, for, for the same reason. Um, and when I was on that journey away um i spent about six months overall away and it was really the personal development stuff which really gave me guidance in a time where no one knew what to say to me it was um mm -hmm. the power of now by cartel again awaken the die within with me robin ways to be a man and all these books so that's what really um got me into the value of personal development and for me um i got back from africa and with the things that I learned, I got back into corporate because I'm like, you know what, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of property and become financially free so I can go around the world building orphanages. And um, 
when I got back, I went from earning 60K a year to 200K a year when I was still 25. And I was like, wow, like this personal development stuff is, is like really helping me so much. And so I started to share that on my Instagram, basically. I just started to share lessons I learned. And I started to have young guys come to me looking for advice. Uh, and um, I started to think, you know, what, what if I quit corporate and do coaching full time? And um, along that journey, in I think it was 2016 now, um, I met Luke. I went to Tony Robbins UPW and Luke was there and Luke was saying, hey, I teach this thing called NLP, blah, blah, blah. And, and Luke, me and Luke are really good friends now. And like Luke knows the story very well. Uh, and I don't think he minds that I tell it. Uh, initially, I totally judged Luke. I was so judgmental. I was so closed off. Um, and I'm like, how is this guy so happy? Um, how is this guy so nice? Like he, he must be phony. And I just totally judged him. Yeah. Um, and so in 2016, I met him, but I kind of want, wanted nothing to do with him. Um, and then in 2017, I think thanks to the, the personal development I had done and, and, the, and Tony Robbins, and I had opened up more and I had become less judgmental of, because, you know, when you're judging someone else, you're really just judging yourself, like a part of yourself. So I, I saw Lukey again in 2017. And I was, I was much more open to him, you know, and really nice. But I, for whatever reason, wasn't sold on doing NLP. Like I didn't, I didn't understand the value of it. Um, but then the next year, um, this is basically when I was deciding to leave corporate to do this stuff full time. I'm like, well, I know that Luke teaches this stuff and he helps coaches. So I decided to go to Luke. And uh, man, like initially I was just going to go to the, his base level thing because I was still so skeptical. I, I, I have a habit of being very skeptical, but <laughs> but then I I saw man, this is the real thing. This guy really cares, and man, he taught me the skills I still use today. So so as you kind of mentioned, like I went to his base level thing, and then I went to um, NLP mastery, and then I went to inner circle, um, and that that's because what he was doing was teaching me the skills, like not just the healing and the coaching skills, but also the business skills to help me do what in my heart I know that I'm meant to do, which is do the coaching. So uh, with all that being said, that's how I'm here now. I hope that wasn't too long an answer, Cal. No, that's great, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I am, um, I'm, I'm curious, um, like I've never even like asked you this, um, I don't think I have. How, like, how does one go from, you know, whenever, whenever you kind of, you know, I guess going through school and everything, and being, you know, feeling depressed and all that kind of stuff to, you know what, I'm going to join the military. Mm. Like, yeah, how, how, how did you end up in the military? And that, that was such a different time in your life than I know you now. Um, yeah, how did that happen? I think there's two parts to that answer. The first part is when I grew up, I was watching Independence Day. It was one of my favorite <laughs> movies. So I wanted to be like Will Smith and, you know, and uh, I... I was actually doing aeronautical engineering because like I was, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, but then I realized number one, we're probably not going to be fighting aliens. Like where these weapons are going is probably not the best places. And then, and then number two, um, what I liked about the military though, was the contribution aspect. It made me feel like, to be honest, at my lowest point when I was depressed. Um, and I really asked myself, um, what's the point of staying here? 
Mm. Um, the thing that kept me going was the uh, the donate, you know, the Red Cross donate blood ban. I saw that, and it's like, oh, if you donate, um, if you donate blood, you save three lives. And I was like, wow, like um, maybe it's true. Maybe I'm never going to be an aeronautical engineer. Maybe I'm not going to be X, Y, Z. Maybe I'm never going to be all the things that I dreamed of. But um, if I can just keep myself alive, um, then at least my blood can help other people. Um, and really there was the seed that was planted of me wanting to contribute and finding uh, fulfillment and meaning in helping other people. Um, and that led me to thinking, how else can I contribute? And the army was was pretty obvious for me as, as a way to do it. I think the other thing, honestly, with the army, I, you know, I was 18. I really did view it as personal development, seriously. Like I was like, hey, I'm 18. Um, if I join like officer training, I will literally be around presumably some of the best leaders in Australia and I'll get trained by them. Um, and, um, and, and I did. And, uh, and honestly, I, I'm really grateful for that decision I made, you know, relatively young to, to recognize that me investing in doing this will teach me leadership skills that will help me for life. And they really have, like they helped me all throughout corporate and, and even if you look at the way I run my retreats now, like there's so much, you, you could so tell that Dim has been trained in officer training just because I, I use the same skills. Yeah. That's yeah. why I did it. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you say that. I'm sure you can relate to, to what I'm about to say too is, um, you know, as you know, um, I did engineering as well, but um, I, ne I never actually finished it. I did it for a few years um, and technically got about halfway through the course. Um, and sometimes people ask, right, they're like, oh, you know, think about going back in doing it or, you know, was it all a waste of time, da, da, da. And I'm like, absolutely not. Because the way that I learned to think in engineering, like, yes, I didn't finish it off, but the way that I learned to think has just completely transformed my life. And I think, I think that that's like, there's a, there's a lot to that in terms of, you know, some of the military and like that as well is yeah. Teach, teaching you a way to, to, you know, deal with problems and challenges and, you know, interaction with other people. Yeah. And um, the exact word is skipping my mind, but it's like make, it's like almost like making do with what you've got. Like you're becoming resourceful. Yeah. Yeah, the, the way John D. Martini explains it is he says, you're either going to be a victim of your history or you're going to be a master of your destiny, which basically means that you're either you're either going to be sitting there being upset that, oh, man, like I wasted two years of my life or three years of my life doing engineering, or you can yeah. see that these skills that I learned have utility and I'm going to um, make it my responsibility to find a way to use the skills to, to give me a cut an edge above everyone else you yeah. know and i see that with you man <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and I'm, I'm curious as well like what what was the thing for you in in like in leaving the military like with those kind of uh values yeah i imagine they could be values that you know a lot of people that stay for a very long time in the military would have yes why why did i leave yeah it was um for me, I mean, short answer is it was time for me to go into corporate. <laughs> I just thought that I would um, um, 
but I felt like I had a bit more control over my destiny uh, outside of the military for obvious reasons. Hmm. Um, and uh, I, I felt I felt like I had learned a lot, and I was like, yeah, I want to. And I, I think at the time I was still, um, I still had a fantasy of what corporate life would be like. You know, I had saw suits and billions and then whatever all the shows and I, I thought I thought it would be a good new adventure yeah uh, it turned out different but that's okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah fair fair so yeah I mean yeah I'm curious about that in terms of um you know yeah what was that like going from I imagine going from the military into corporate how was that for you I think I was lucky because uh my uh, old my first boss ever yeah. who, funnily enough, I'm actually speaking to on Tuesday. So this is 10 years later. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I kept in touch with him. He's a good guy. He's a South African guy. And if you know, it, typical, typically with South, uh, the attitude with South African guys is, is they're very blunt. They're very upfront. So if, if they think you're doing shit, he just tells you. Yeah, and he true. was great like that. He was just, he was just hardcore with me. Um, and in the beginning, I used to hate him because I was like, man, this guy's just way too tough. I'm like a young grad. But he taught me like so many skills. So, um, and he and he recognized, bless him, that being an army officer and being a project manager is kind of the same job. And so, from 22, from being in corporate, he pretty much got me into project management. And so, um, I have so much gratitude for this guy because, as tough as he was, he recognized how the skill set transferred, and he put me in that position straight away. And as a result, um. You know, most people don't become project managers until much later on in life when they've got some experience. And I kind of went straight into it from the beginning. Mm. So it helped a lot, to be honest. It helped because um, I think I think a big thing that people get caught up in is getting lost in the process and forgetting about the purpose. Uh, and basically in the army, what they teach you, the, the way they teach you is they, they call it your one-up and two-up commander's intent which basically means whenever you receive some kind of orders, the first thing to understand is, well, what's the command, like your, your one-up boss, what's he actually want? What's the actual purpose of the process that he's giving you? That's number one. And then number two, your boss's boss, what's his real purpose? And when you consider that, you your options seem to expand a lot more because then it's like, you actually know the greater why of why you're doing something. Uh, and then you you become a lot smarter when you're on the ground because you know how to flex and flow. It doesn't matter really about the process as such as long as you're meeting the purpose. Yes, and um, yes. that's that's something that we use in business life today, you know? Yeah, well, I, I want to I jump on that. And, and this is going to be like, you know, just jumping forward a little bit, but I, I really, it's too tempting not to is that that concept how do you use that in your coaching business today because i feel like that's a huge huge thing oh man even when we caught up recently outside yeah. of this podcast we spoke about this and you gave me some coaching on that <laughs> you know so um i think you know for anyone here who's an aspiring coach hopefully this is, is a useful answer mm. it's number one starting with who is it that you really care about that you really want to serve? Like you, you really do want to have a deep level of kind of love for um, who you're serving, yeah, which is basically what I'm trying to say is your target market or your client or your avatar. You, 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 you've 
you've got to really, really, really care about them, you know, probably in an emotional way where you're emotionally connected. Um, and so even if you were to really ask me what my, I feel like my purpose is now, and you hear me say it all the time, it's, um, I, I'm just trying to help the boys. At the end of the day, that's what I'm doing. Seriously, if you strip away all of the formal stuff, Dim's just trying to help the boys. That's, <laughs> you know, and um, we were just uh-huh. talking, yeah, and we were just talking about one of my programs just then, like, because I know, I know what Jim, I know what I'm good at. I'm good at the healing. I'm good at helping guys find their purpose and their mission and get clear on their why. And I'm good at helping the boys get out of their own way. So I know that's how I add value to my market. But you know, we were just talking about building up um, a more advanced offering that I have now. Um, and in the spirit of helping the boys, I, I was able to get various guest speakers that I knew would also help them. So because I'm, I try to always keep the, the whole purpose of why I'm doing it at the forefront of my mind. I think it, I think anyone who does that gets access to, it, it affords you a lot of credit, uh, creativity on how you can do that. Yeah. Instead of getting stuck in a specific uh, purpose, a process. Um, and um, I don't know if Luke's going to get upset with me saying this, but I feel like after you've done timeline therapy enough and, and done the various healing modalities enough, um, when you understand the purpose behind it, it helps you become a more powerful healer in what you're doing because you understand, I feel like even you and I have spoken about this, Callum, when you really understand the purpose of what you're doing, it actually allows you to be very, it's almost flexible and grow even beyond the initial process. Obviously, it's important to uh, become a master of the process first, but I, I think it affords you uh, yeah, it, it affords you creativity Absolutely. Um, yeah, and an edge as a result. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I, I love like, yeah, the way, I, I, I had no idea that they teach that kind of thing in the military. But, and I'm not sure, I'm sure it stems from, you know, something a long way back. Um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I don't pronounce this right, but maybe like, you know, Sun Tzu's Art of War or something like that. Yeah, it probably is from Sun Tzu's Out of War. Something, something like that, because it's that that concept. Like, oh man, yeah, I, I, I cannot. It's super interesting to hear they teach that in the military, and it's also just I cannot reinforce enough how like, like I use that hourly in my job. A hundred percent. Like, <laughs> you get lost in the process. You. Um, there's another great mentor of mine. He talks about getting lost in a tinker hole. And especially if there's coaches who are listening to this podcast, it's so tempting to get lost in like doing these little things, which don't, they're not actually the 20% that's going to give you the 80% of the results. Um, I think, I think especially in the initial stages of building a business. And by the way, I never, um, I feel like Callum probably has a, a greater value on business building than Dim does, actually. And that's not a bad thing or a good thing. It just, it just, everyone's got different. Well, that's values. a good chat, mate. I love it. That's all yeah, I love. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. 100%. Like for me, I really did. I'm, I'm actually being really real. Like I just wanted to help the boys and I wanted to be a coach and I like this. Um, I didn't do it because I like entrepreneurialism or, or anything, but you've got to learn to to love and respect that um, if you're going to be successful 100%. Um, and I think a lot of people get get lost in, in, in what's called tinker holes where they're um, fiddling around with sh- stuff 
that um doesn't really it's yeah. not really going to affect the bottom line yeah so uh-huh. so amen yeah i couldn't agree more with that it's like yeah always going to that that's pretty much my way of, of solving problems which come up on the like you know minute basis for me it seems um yeah is, is constantly asking like yeah what what is what is the purpose what are we trying to achieve here and i i couldn't agree more with you is like and I, i've used that with um you know when i was doing the the mindset coaching as well i think i just use that a lot to understand processes and you know and, and systems is trying to like you know instead of just looking you know i guess i'll use a use a you're trying to use a metaphor here and like instead of looking at like one side of an object like actually like stepping back and looking at all the different sides and being like okay understanding on a high level what's actually going on and i i use this example with you recently around timeline right yes um you could even extend that to um, resolving conflicts in a relationship. Like what you just said, that's how you create synergy in a relationship. It, from my humble experience, yeah. um, it's not a bad experience. Like you, if you're just fixated on, on your way that you, you want the relationship to be or her way, um, you just clash. Uh, but when you zoom out and you go, hey, what are we really trying to achieve here? Uh, and you're not married to the process as much. It, it gives you the creativity and the freedom to create the synergy where it's not compromised in the middle, but it's actually, you're building one plus one equals 11. You're building something more. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do it all the time with, um, even like with, you know, like generating leads, you know, like something like that, like chung it down. Like I'm, I'm always kind of like, okay, like what's, a, what's another way of doing this? You know, and thinking like, you know, all right, what's the purpose here? Well, on a high level, we're just trying to like find people and then engage with those people and then give them an opportunity to, you know, move forward. Yes, so, it's underlying the underlying, it's, it's understanding the underlying frame of what you're doing because there, there is, there's nurturing and there's a specific, that there's many different ways where you can do nurturing. But if, you've, if you're just doing the process without understanding what you're doing is nurturing, you're going to drop the ball. Anyway. You're so restricted. Yeah. 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 And even if you're doing the exact right steps, you'll find you may not be getting the result because you've lost the understanding of what you're actually doing in the nurturing phase yeah. and what you're doing in the sales phase. Totally. Totally. And well, that's, that's, a, that's a perfect little uh, link you've given me there, mate, <laughs> to, to go into, um, you know, with, with, your, with your coaching business. Um, you know, I, I know on a personal level, it hasn't always been, um, you know, you haven't just suddenly gone from army, corporate, start a business, you know, $10 million in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, tell me about your, yeah, your, your, your business journey. Like, you know, from the very start, like when you, you decide, you know what, I'm going to go help, help the boys. Yeah. Thanks, Carol. Like the, the honest, the honest um, answer, and it's, it's nice, man. Before this podcast started, I asked you, do you want me to be honest with everyone? And you were like, yes, yes, Tim. Like we did this so we can actually help people. And so be honest. But, so the truth is, you know, to everyone listening, I'm, I really wasn't, I'm not really a natural entrepreneur. I'm not really a natural businessman. I'm someone who's that guy that was in high school that was, um, you're, it's a good friend to talk to. So I'm, I'm a good healer and a good coach, but I, I didn't do this. I didn't know I was supposed to be a good businessman. So, uh, I mean, I, I sincerely, I do think I got a big, a, a bit of a, 
boost, uh, thanks to a big bit of a boost, thanks to um, NLP muscle prac and then um, seven figures, like we're in a circle basically, like Luke stuff, because ultimately there's so much, just infinite amount of strategies and whatever. And if you don't have someone giving you some kind of like, do this, do this, do this, do this, you're, you're, you're gonna get screwed. So, um, so I'm obviously eternally grateful for Lukey for that and and the environment it's not just Lukey he created a whole ecosystem um which you're part of you think about Callum you know and like you you and Luke helped me to stay so um yeah I can't under understate how much you guys have helped me in setting everything up and continue to uh let's just be clear on that um yeah but yeah in terms of me starting um I think I think the first thing was getting confidence about the actual product that was for me personally and and I, I got that through the training that we did together. In fact, we were in the same master prep classroom. Yeah. Okay. Do we do NLP together or? I feel like we did master prep together. We definitely probably did master. Yeah. 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 So so I think there's there's a huge thing to be said about um because there's this this confidence that you can try and fake um and maybe this is just Dim's journey but for me uh. I struggled to just fake confidence. Like for me, the way I get confidence is like, yeah, let's field test this again and again and again until like I actually do feel genuinely confident that I do know how to help people. Um, and so being in the in these healing and coaching environments where it's not just me getting trained, but me also seeing demonstrations of other people getting coached and um, and it, all of this and, and also just getting coaching hours under my belt. Um, I just started to get confident, at least in the product. Um, when, for me, when I got more confident in my own product, it helped me sell better. Um, and then it was about, um, it, there, there was a year or more than a year where I really, really, really struggled, mostly because I sucked at um, um, selling enough volume. So, uh, and then there was another piece there, which I sucked at, which is the uh, messaging and marketing. To be honest, I could, Go on for two hours. Mate, if you struggle in marketing and struggling in sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you're 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 blown, right? And that's what happened <laughs> to me, right? Like I was um blown out of the water. And I um especially um so in that first year I struggled so much. Uh the other thing I didn't realize was um because I was leaving corporate, um to do this stuff full time and and for everyone listening basically what happened was i decided to leave corporate to just jump in do a full time i had 30 grand saved i thought that was enough um but when you're in a world where you don't have a steady paycheck the money can go real quick um and i i didn't i didn't recognize especially because i have a few investment properties like i have a a bit of a higher financial hygiene level just to keep my head above water than most people so so this is the honest truth like I really struggled so much. Like, I can't, I don't want to go into too many details, but I really, 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 really struggled for like a year um, while I got better at um, sales and marketing, um, in particular marketing, because it was about learning how to uh, message what I do in a way that people understood the value. Because here's the thing, like, especially if you are a coach or a healer uh, or a consultant, you will know, you know the problem so well and you know the value of your solution so much. Uh, but the issue is often most people are not problem aware. They're symptom aware, 
but they're not problem aware. Like this is something I learned from you guys, right? So, so a key thing is to understand you, you've got to meet them where they're at and you've got to understand, like you've got to help them recognize what their symptom, like you, you've got to understand your market well enough to know what their symptoms are. And then it's your job to help them bridge the knowledge gap to get to what the understanding what their real problem is. And then you then they realize, wow, this is my real problem. This is what it's going to cost me. This is this is how. Uh, and then Dim's got a solution to it, or Callum or Luke has a solution. Yeah. To it. So it's about. Uh, I, I had to go through a big journey of learning um, market resonance, and I'm still on that journey for sure. Uh, it, in the spirit of that, I think one thing that really helps is is. The more you can just put yourself out there, the more you can try. And um, I think maybe something that Callum and I have speak, spoken about before is just don't think of it as failing. Just think of it as almost like um, it, it's just you're, you're just like testing a hypothesis. It's like you, you you're it's like you're in science class and you're testing a hypothesis of what is going to happen. Um, don't take it so personally. You know, it's just think of it like in a scientific way. I've just got to test my hypothesis. Will this market resonance work? Will this work? Will this work? Um, for me, as I got my first clients, I really, I still work with them closely to this day to, to talk to them about, hey, what do you think about this angle? What do you think about this? What do you, and so, and, and it's really about, uh, another big piece of this was thinking about who my target market is, and then I would profile them. Um, and I would really understand, hey, my target market, they really like this stuff. I literally went to their profiles and I hope you don't mind me. I'm sharing no, just I was, gonna, I was like, I was like, how do I interrupt him here and say go deeper, more specific? Oh, thank you. Okay. I was like, mate, this is this is this is incredible. Like even chunk it down even lower. All right, all right. I'll give yeah, you a step by step. Give me all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, um, from a step-by-step -step perspective, the first thing is you gotta know who your target market is for sure. By the way, it's scary to to get ultra niche. But actually, the more ultra niche you get, if you can build a great foundation with them, it's going to give you the, the strength, the financial strength and all that to expand beyond and the name and the brand. But the more you can ultra niche, um, it, it seems to be the better results that you get. So, so number one, get be brave and get clear on who your target market is and get ultra niche. Number two, uh, and they're typically, uh, a lot of people say, uh, they're, your target market is someone, it's you five years ago. Um, I've definitely noticed that to be true in my own experience. Another person has said to me, your target market um, is the people who, the, the people who naturally want to come to you anyway. And if you, if anyone looks at my old clients, there's a really clear theme of the type of guys that come to me. So with those two things being said, I kind of know who my target market is. The next step was I literally went on their Facebook profiles and Instagram profiles, but mostly Facebook, and I profiled them. So I literally looked at, I literally got a spreadsheet out and I'm like, um, what do they like? And I just copied and pasted all of their likes into a spreadsheet. Um, what's the things that they like? What's the groups that they're part of? Like, so that, that's from like in, in the Facebook, like when you look, look on their profile, there's like that about section under about, there's likes and they like, like all those different pages and stuff, right? That's exactly what it is. Um, and um, so Facebook about go to likes um, and then into a spreadsheet. Cause here's the thing we have this, we have confirmation bias and anyone who's on NLP will know we, we kind of have filters on. So why I'm saying use a spreadsheet 
is to um, make sure you don't get interrupted by your confirmation bias. So basically by going onto that profile and then literally copying and pasting, and I, I was putting it into groups, literally copying and pasting all my guys' stuff, I noticed um, a, a very surprising thing. I couldn't believe it after two and a half, like three years or more than three years. I know these people. I thought I knew them to a T, but I, I, uh, you know, I'm ashamed you know, to say this, but, but as a result of doing this profiling, and what I did was I took um, my top five favorite clients and I put them on the spreadsheet. I literally went to their Facebook profiles and I got that picture and I pasted it on the spreadsheet. So I'm looking at them at, at my top five while I'm profiling them. And I'm basically in the about section, the likes, adding everything to a spreadsheet. And then, and then I grouped them. And what I found overall, the resounding thing most common that everyone liked was property investing. And I was like, whoa, like this is my target market. The number one thing that they're interested in is property investing. I'm, I'm like, wow, like this is where my target market is. Um, and they're interested in property and obviously wealth and things like this, wealth building. Um, and uh, I had a really good sit down with um, Luke's uh, head of marketing as well. And uh, he basically, he, he's great. And he basically called, uh, he said, Dim, can we just call one of your favorite customers right now? And I was like, okay, let's call him. Let's see if he answers. He answered. And he asked a really wonderful question to him. He goes, he said to my client, what's the thing that will make you happy that you will pay $4,000 for? You know, have, what, what would Dim's product need to give you for you to know that you're going to make four, like, for you to be so happy to spend 4,000 bucks? And basically, all, despite everything he said before that, when it actually came time to taking out your wallet and paying the money, the thing that he was happy to spend 4,000 bucks for was something that he believed would make him at least five times as much money. And what I really loved, out, uh, I loved about that answer was it illustrated then what this guy thinks about is investments and he cares about wealth. You know, he didn't say, oh, I want to spend four, as long as I know I get peace of mind, I will spend it. He didn't, he, uh, you know, despite everything that they said before that, the thing that actually made them take out their wallet was something that made them feel like they were making more money as a result. And I'm like, wow, like this is profiling on another level. Yeah. And, and so you know, this is still early days. And I really hope, I really pray that I'm not jinxing it by saying this because I don't want to be uh, prideful or, or anything like that. Um, but, and I'm also testing. So, um, very recently, uh, I was very scared, but I said, hey, guys, I'm going to do a wealth mindset class. Um, would anyone be interested? I did less, basically a week of marketing just off two Instagram stories, not much, because I was so nervous about doing it that I, I didn't really market it much. But I had a bigger turn up rate, like more registrations than I've ever seen in my life for something that I've done. And a bigger turn up rate than I've had a, the biggest class I've ever had in my entire life. And that's all thanks to this in-depth profiling that I did because I saw, wow, this is what my people are interested in. Uh, and I'm like, and the challenge that I had was, okay, how do I uh, incorporate what I do, which is the healing and the NLP and all that stuff with what my guys are actually interested in? Hence, I called it wealth mindset. Um, and I made it really clear. I'm not really talking about what's the best property to buy. 
I'm I'm talking about mindset because that's what gyms are about. And so, so massive turn up rate. Uh, I I've I dropped the ball. You know, Callum, we can we can talk about this, but you know, it's it's not going to be perfect. But if you don't, if you're doing it all in your head, you you don't really have something real to work with. So I'm like, look, it's not going to be perfect. Maybe no one's going to show up. You know, Anna joked that odd because Anna's mum registered god bless her right <laughs> and she, Anna was like yeah bless and so my, my basically my mom my mother-in-law uh registered uh, and I was so nervous because I'm like oh my yeah <laughs> you know and Anna was like what if it's just uh mom that shows up I'm like then me and her are gonna have the best wealth mindset class ever you know because I didn't know what it was gonna be like but hey uh we ran it. it. People were engaged the whole way through. I, I think maybe there was only one person that dropped off out of the. How, how, many, people, how many people registered? Uh, so uh, I, I was nervous saying the numbers because. I, I hope you don't, don't, don't mind the numbers. But yeah, I just no, I don't. Right. Um, look, 41 people registered and 38 people showed up. And I'm pretty sure at the end there was at least 36 people still on the call. Yeah. So yeah, after two hours. But for, for anyone watching this, like Jim and I were talking about this beforehand, it, that those kind of numbers, like uh, quick maths in my head, I assume that's like 95%-ish, right? And that is astronaut for two pieces of marketing, that is astronomical registrations and an incredible show-up rate, right? We like we have people that we teach to do masterclass and stuff all the time you know often 30 40 percent shop rate is like not too bad right and then, and then and then you make profit off the back end by you know following up on people yeah right that 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 is for your first one Bless. number one is extraordinary but it it's also in a lot of ways not extraordinary and the reason i say that is in terms of that word extraordinary it's not because you did the work using free tools called AKA Facebook and Google Sheets to, to and, and some I don't know, hours of work to profile your customers. That profiling thing was so important, you know, uh, you know to recap to people watching, like I, I had the underlying confidence of knowing I had a good product. And then from there, it was about, it was about market resonance, which is like a massive theme that, you know, Luke and Callum and everyone talks about. But the, the specific techniques, it, it was literally Google Sheet, Facebook profile, literally just copying and pasting the likes and how actually many, did you, telling did you do like every single one? Because some people have like hundreds of likes. Oh, man, like you should see the spreadsheet. There was a lot. There was a lot on it. Yeah, but... Uh, I did a lot. I did. I don't think I did every single one, but I did a lot. I did a lot because I wanted to get around the confirmation bias because I think a lot of us uh, fall trap to to their own biases we have in our own head about what we think that they like. And it was it was a, a process of doing the honest work because I think here's the thing: even if I asked my target market, because I wanted to, I thought the most effective way, maybe and honestly, maybe this is just me being lazy. I thought the most effective way was I just ask them. I just ask them. But I think even they don't know. That's right. Yeah, and it's that's that's the thing. It's 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 a challenge because you're you're dealing with like, and this is where Facebook's mind-boggling. Is sometimes I'm pretty sure there's a section of the Facebook likes likes that is stuff that people have actually liked, 
and the stuff that Facebook is guesstimating they like based on um, you activity. Know, what they, yeah, activity, what they post, how long they spend looking at you know different posts, who they follow, just all this overlapping data. And you're 100% right is like, so often, number one, we think that we know our own customers. We think we do. And so often that's complete bias. We like, we think like, oh yeah, they want to get transformed. No way. We, we no talked about this about, about, uh, about, you know, NLP or mindset courses when we did that, you know? Yes. So, yeah. And, and, uh, if you think of like, this is something Luke says in, uh, it would have been in NLP, one of the NLPs, but um, what people value if you just look at their actions over time, like where they spend their money, like if you look at their honest expenditure of money, their honest honest expenditure of time, what they'll always find money for, always find time for, always, um, you know, they'll tend to bring conversations back to the things that they naturally gravitate towards. That's what they actually value, not what they think they value, but their their actions speak louder than words. So, and it, it's actually it's incredibly shamefully obvious now that now that I've it looks like I've come to the conclusion. Um, the these boys uh, maybe they'll kick and squirm at the thought of spending three thousand dollars on mindset coaching, but they're gonna find freaking fifty thousand dollars to invest in a property. They'll spend. They'll find a hundred thousand dollars to invest in a property, won't they? Yeah, so, and and see this is you know and this is diving into psychology and stuff. And this is what I find super interesting is. Sometimes we think it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's the cost of something, the spending of something, and then you're like, well, hang on, do does that demographic or does that niche spend that kind of money in some area, other area of their life? You know, and the answer pretty like very often, and you're a perfect example of this, right? In buying a property, and the reason that you bought a property, and this is the reason a lot of people do is because they have a, a certain level of certainty that they will over five, 10 years, whatever it is, that they will get a greater return on their investment. And so, yeah, man, that's super powerful in terms of just like realizing that psychology. 100%. And, and everyone's got a, dim, a different demographic. And if, if you can maybe take one thing from this podcast, it's, doing the honest profiling work to see where these, what these people's actions demonstrate that they like, what they invest their time and what they invest their money in. And then the, the strategy that seems to have worked for me is aligning what I do in assisting them with that. Because that's, I think that's what real love for your clients is doing. Like real love is going, hey man, um, not only do I have the honest intention of helping them, but I, I've got to do the extra extra mile. Maybe it's not even an extra mile. Maybe this is actually what should be standard of, of going, well, how do I communicate them to a, in a language that they understand? Because otherwise they're symptom aware, but they are not problem aware. And if they're not problem aware, then you can do a Facebook ad saying that you're going to give them a breakthrough session, but they're not going to know that a, a breakthrough session is what they need. 100%. And I, I talked about this in terms of there's, uh, you know, putting it really simply is there's always like what people like want and what they need and they are very rarely in alignment with each other yes yes you know, very rarely it's uh, i found that um yeah when i was in the fitness industry all the time uh, you know 
even just in like in movement it's like you know what people want is to lose weight and then you know you, you see them moving and you're like well you might want to lose weight but damn you need to really spend some time on your core and getting your glutes to actually come to the party yes but no one no one goes to the pt to buy better glutes or better core right okay. but but that's the actual problem as yeah. Saying. yeah but you can't exactly. market that totally and that and that's the that's the key thing right and that's that's what like I definitely uh, attribute a lot of your, like this big change in your success over the last kind of, you know, 12 or six months has been finally like, you know, getting into the trenches and doing the work on, okay, who actually is my customer? You know, I really understanding them. And now you're talking their language. Like you can bring that into every area of business. hundred uh, percent. And like my wish for anyone listening to this is is, is please take this because I I don't think I appreciated the value of of what we're talking about here and it cost me big time for for a whole year because it, it sucks to go month to month borrowing rent from your friends not having enough money for groceries that that's like I, I skimmed over it but there was a, such a year of pain uh, before I got here. And uh, I think you've got to be not afraid to do the honest work. Uh, you've got to keep trying. I, I think it is hard because everyone confidently tells you a strategy that it works for them, but that strategy may not work for you. You know, people confidently told me so many strategies all the time, but I think it, it, we've got to step away from the strategies for a second because it can be overwhelming and think about the fundamentals. And I think doing the honest profiling of your customer, that is a fundamental. You've got to know the language they speak, no matter what. And you've got to find a way to communicate what you're doing uh, in a way that resonates with them. And there's many ways to do it. And, and we discussed one. Totally. Yeah, 100%. So I, 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 and this is kind of jumping back there a little bit, but I, I think it's really important is like mindset wise, man, you know, there's plenty of people that, especially in coaching, plenty of people who would kind of be in that position that you've been in where you're not getting results. Um, and especially not getting results and doing the work because that's particularly demoralizing. Um, and you manage to kind of keep pushing through, assuming that something would change like you know how how did you how have you managed to do that how how about i talk about what i did during that time but then also what i did that helped turn things around would that help yeah absolutely like like you know i assume it's like around mindset or other tricks and tips because there's there's a lot of coaches who are in that crux of i'm doing things i'm not getting results this sucks i'm going to give up yeah Amen. <laughs> and that um and 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 Callum and I have both been there and Callum and I do I would imagine Callum and I are doing podcasts like this to say there is hope like please keep going because you're doing a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know I think the the number one belief that helped me get through those times was I really do feel like I am meant for this. Um and I felt it was meaning this is meaningful work. You know at this point now less like I've I've got to be very careful about how I say this but uh, 
like I've helped guys out of being really suicidal. Um, I've helped guys who've been raped. I've helped I've helped people out of like the worst places, out of being completely crippled. People who've um, you know been to seven years, uh, seven years of seven different psychiatrists and therapists and this and that, and been drugged up with everything and nothing worked. And within like six weeks, we were able to turn things around. So this work is is so powerful. It's so healing. It's it's needed. It's needed. And if and we are the ones who know how to do it. So, so who else is going to do it? You know, because I do believe that there is a new paradigm of healing that is going to uh, be affected in the world over the next couple of decades. Um, honestly, thanks to the work that we're doing, because it does seem to me that the uh, the the current body of knowledge or the formal body of knowledge with psychology um, has not really been effective. Like one big thing that like Luke. Luke has been one of my biggest mentors. And one of the things that Luke talks about all the time is you can't take a client where you haven't been before. And so I think often at times, maybe and I'm going to be really careful and I deep respect for psychologists because thank God that they exist. Uh, but maybe sometimes people don't get results in that is if that particular psychologist hasn't made the change within themselves first, then they're reading off a textbook, but that the there's, that energetic transmission is not there. But when you're talking to someone who's who's been through that honest journey themselves, they have something very unique to give because it's 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 knowledge from it's almost mentorship, uh, as opposed to just I'm reading from a textbook and, and prescribing you something. So the exact summary there, the number one belief is this is really good work. This is really honest work. And if you believe this is your purpose, then don't give up. Um, step number two is understand what your values are. Because, and when I, when I say values, I don't mean integrity and loyalty. When I say values, what I mean is, what are the things that genuinely light you up and don't really take motivation from you to do? So for me, coaching is one of them. Another one is helping the boys, hence they're my title market. Uh, another one is like nature and fulfillment and stuff like that. So hence I run retreats. So everything I do is anchored around, it is honestly an expression of me. It's an expression of my highest values. And without that, you are using too much force. You're not in your power and in your flow. You're, you're, you're using force. Um, so, so you've got to like uh, align your, everything within your circle of influence needs to be aligned to help you. So your mindset, which is basically your belief that you are meant to do this. Number two, you've got to get out of your own way in terms of making it easier for yourself in terms of doing things that you actually really enjoy. And for me, a big thing for number three, which I totally dropped the ball in, and I think this was one of the biggest things that helped me turn things around, was uh, learning to fill my own cup first. And basically, I thought I was doing it, um, you know, in that every morning I had a nice routine, but, but at a larger level, I was always worried about money. And uh, I, I had said this thing to myself, which is I'm never going to go back to corporate. And a big breakthrough for me personally was that um, in April or March this year, 2021, uh, I was because I had done so bad. It, you know, it was making almost no money, um, borrowing money all the time. And I spoke to a really good friend of mine um, and, and I said to her, listen, I, I think I'm going to have to quit coaching and go back to corporate. And then... And then she was like, Tim, why are you acting like this is such a big failure? And I, and I said, isn't it? And she goes, Tim, 
I remember two years ago, you said that you wanted to leave corporate so you can go help a bunch of boys and, and have your own coaching business. And you did that, right? So what's the problem? And, and when, she, when she said that, it just took so much pressure off my shoulders when I realized um, this isn't a sprint, it, it is a marathon. Uh, you can't, if you, if you expect it to be a fantasy, you will get a nightmare. You have to uh, embrace it for the honest mission that it's going to be with its goods and its bads. And for me now, it's not about the money. The money is a, is a metric that you use because it, it's a good metric, uh, but it's, it's always about helping the boys. So I realized in that conversation with her, um, it's okay to get a side job or whatever to, to fill my own cup in terms of finances. And so for me, I actually, I ended up starting to apply for jobs, but as a result of applying for those, I was getting interviews, but, but I think just that uh, kind of mindset shift of like, hey, I'm not a total failure, I'm okay. Even if I get in a job, it's okay. Um, it allowed me to just look after myself more, you know, and stop treating myself so harshly and, and just go, Dim, it's okay. Like you, you, you help the boys, but you also, um, you got to look after yourself. Um, and, and, you know, especially if you're going to be a healer, you have to master the art of learning to fill your own cup first before you help others. So for me, even though I never actually ended up getting the corporate job, because I, I went to the interviews, but I never actually got a job offer, um, um, my business started to do a lot better. I think a lot because um, I started to, I had better energy when I was filling my own cup first. Uh, I found a, a better marketing strategy uh, and but we kind of touched on it here, which is, you know, you got to profile your people better. You got to message them to, to them better. Um, and then when you profile them better, you can find out where they hang out on Facebook. So here's another technique for people listening. You know, you can find out where they're hanging out on Facebook, which is the groups. And then you can literally just go in there and help answer people's questions. Um, and often at times, and because people are asking questions. So I literally would just open up groups and read through people's questions. And I would um, message them with a screenshot, a screenshot of their question, message them and say, hey, did you find an answer for this? If not, I can help you. And usually in that process, you can take them from, um, like their symptom to educating them on what the actual problem is yeah, and then yeah. they can take them into a sales call so there's another technique for people watching so i found another technique there and then also our boy callum no 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 one else other than our boy none other than our boy callum um connected me also with an afterpay provider um you know which is part of luke circle and as a result of that, it took a lot of financial strain off me because before that, I was just handling payment plans by myself privately. But when we got the afterpay provider, they give you the payout, um, you know, in full then and there, and then they manage the payment plan with people. So there was, there was, I think, me taking the strain off myself uh, and and allowing myself to fill my own cup up first. There was finding a new strategy, which was, I think, at the, as a result of the, the new energy that I had. And number three, it was just um, paying attention to, to the financial details and finding a way through that uh, in combination with the thing that kept me going through the hardest times, which was just going, hey, I'm meant to do this and this is meaningful. Those were the things that 
that that was dim psychology that got me through god damn mate this is a powerful powerful podcast i was just like it's like don't interrupt him this is like oh that's amazing like absolute gold like yeah and just massive like um yeah acknowledgements and you know kudos to you man like it's yeah i, I really don't know many other people that have persisted through <laughs> it's gonna be pretty brutal but persisted through you know failure and not working and just like you know not getting anything not getting anything not getting anything and having such good intention and still pushing through those trenches um and yeah i really think there's a lot of gold in here that um you know i already know several guys i'm going to refer this podcast to to check out because i think it's really really powerful so thanks kelvin appreciate you brother um i i've got a man you know uh, i could have easily have predicted this that i feel like we could have just turn this into a jerry rogan three or four hour oh man always with you man <laughs> um i've got like a semi-rapid fire section that i always love to finish off on um totally pretty much unrelated um i just think it's a fun thing to, to somewhat end on um so um yeah when you're not working how do you like to spend your time uh going to the beach with anna my fiance and eating acai bowls <laughs> i love it um if you're are you currently reading anything what are you what are you reading uh at the moment, I've, um, I'm in between like three different books. So Atomic Habits, Miracle Morning, and Obstacle is the Way. So I'm kind of just, I, I, I seem to not read linearly very much anymore. I seem to just uh, read this chapter and then read this chapter. Luke recently gave me Purple Cow, which yep. I've been reading a bit as well, but but I haven't read that in the last week. So yes, yeah, Seth, Seth Godin. Seth Godin, yeah. Yeah, I've got one of his as well. Luke well, gave me that too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, uh, amazing old school marketing material. Very interesting way of seeing the world. Um, mate, uh, first concert. Have you been to a concert? I've been to so many. What, what a beautiful experience. I think my first concert was U2 and Jay-Z. They played together. It was a beautiful concert. Amazing concert. It was amazing to see, especially in a time where... Um, hip-hop wasn't as mainstream as it is now in Australia to have you two and Jay-Z come out together and, and play for four hours uh, and had the, the respect to see two kind of almost polar opposites in genre, the respect that they had for each other and the, the collaboration of people we brought together as a result, man, that was beautiful. Yeah, I, that would be amazing. I've never you, brought those way? two together. Yeah. How about you, Kel, may I ask? Yeah, good question. Um, first one i think let's do groove in the mood the the festival um but i've also been to a couple um like bliss and so cool couple yeah a couple couple of their their ones um yeah i, I love like you know hip-hop or like rap i feel is like i'm sure there's not overall but a lot of that i feel like is really good live oh hell yeah like they just they just like work the crowd um, she's insane yeah yeah i love those artists that like it's not just like you're listening to their song on the radio they like they mix it up and they interact and they have a good time dude justin timberlake when i saw him live he was playing songs that weren't even his he was like oh i really love this song how about i just play this and it was like it, it, it felt like you were with him at a bar 
and he was just enjoying playing music. Half of, like, not half, but he played, like, three songs that weren't even his songs, and he just wanted to play them. And yeah, it's beautiful. That's what I mean. Like, I, I love that. I love that, like, just that real artistic, creative expression is, mm. is amazing. Um, what's your favourite book? The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. I love it. <laughs> the classic. Um, this is always an odd question. Is um, what's your favorite word? <laughs> Love. <laughs> oh, mate! Uh, can't help it. Jeez, people disconnect, disconnect, disconnect. What's your uh, your first job? Red Rooster. <laughs> Worked at Red Rooster, Mike. Count them, Mike. Um, five dollars fifty an hour. May pulling in the coin. Yeah, how times have changed. <laughs> it's a good stuff. Um, religious or spiritual or neither? I would I would imagine more spiritual. Uh, my parents are Buddhist, and then, but there was no Buddhist scripture when I was growing up here, so I would would go to Catholic. So I kind of grew up with both. Yeah, cool. Um, mate, what's one thing you're excited about coming up in 2022? Uh, hopefully things being open again and going to Day with Destiny with Tony next year. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, some of your, what's your favorite song? Oh man, another disconnect moment. Brock, <laughs> get ready to edit this one out. It's Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Oh, mate. Um, and my, my favorite question, last one is, um, it's a bit of a long one, bear with me. Um, if you were given a chance to explore the oceans, go to outer space or visit 50 different countries that you haven't been to already, uh, which one would you choose and why? I would have to go with the countries, visiting 50 countries. Oh man, just... I think, you know, I'm going to give a slightly long answer to this. Yeah. Here's my humble theory when you're traveling. When you're traveling, no one gives a fuck about who Callum, Callum the NLP coach. No one cares about your history and no one cares about how Callum's going to be the next Tony Robbins. No one cares about your, your future. When you're tra they barely care about your name. When you're traveling, you really are just being you and you're, it's not about your life story. It's about you just being in the moment. And so I think that uh, traveling, and I think that's why, I re you know, the people that you meet when you're traveling, it's so bonding because you're, you've dropped all the stories and you're just being you and you're experiencing life. Uh, and so I'm, I would love to, to go visit Atlantis under the water and I would love to, um, you know, see the aliens in space. But, but uh, there's a lot of beauty here on, on land. Yeah, I love it. I love it, mate. That's that's amazing. Oh man, all right, we're gonna finish this up because I'm conscious of the time. Um, how, where can people find you? Just uh, on Instagram, Dim Happer, D I M H A P A, or on Facebook. You can you can Google me and I'll come up. I love it. I love it. Very good, mate. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for for coming on the coming on the show, coming on the student spotlight, and um, yeah, man, I just I, I love you and I think you're amazing. And I really, really appreciate it.